Worship team to the stage, worship team to the stage.
Good morning, New Hope Community Church, friends and family. If we can make our way back to this, our seats as we get ready to step into the presence of God. Can we give a shout of praise this morning to our Father? Thank you, Lord. We got a, a, a few quick announcements this morning before we start. As a reminder, we have Monday, we have our Celebrate Recovery. And it's for anyone struggling with any hang-up, hurts, or habits, anything. If you want to be healed, if you want to be set free, Monday night is for you. We also have our Wednesday night Bible study <coughs> at 7 o'clock. This is for everybody. This is for everyone. Our pastor will be uh, going over his message from today. So any questions, anything you have that, that may strike, strike your mind this morning, Wednesday night is for you. We also have our Friday night service at 7 o'clock. This is for everybody. Our pastor will be teaching and preaching a different message, totally different from today's series that we're going to learn today. And this message is for everybody to be encouraged, to be uplifted, and to grow more and more and more. So I, 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 I'll say if you want to start taking your life to another level, and if you want to start pushing forward and giving God more, I say come to Friday. I say come to anything that we have going on here weekly. I say make your time more dedicated for the Lord so that you have less problems in your life. I believe the more you give to our Father, the more he gives to you. And the more situations that will be changed through him when, he gives, when you give him your all. So as we get ready to step into worship, I ask that everybody just clear their minds. I ask that everybody just think of what God is going to do in the service this morning. So if we can all stand to our feet. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, I thank you for allowing us to have this time together, Lord. I ask that you just empty us all as we get ready to step into your presence, Father. Father, use us this morning. Use us this morning so that we can pour out to others, Father. None of us are perfect, but you are perfect. So I ask that you enter us this morning so that we can feel your perfect love. And we, got, we can feel your perfect grace that you have upon our lives. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this church and in this family. And thank you, Lord, for the things that you're doing in these people's lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. It's better as one day, right? It's better as one day. Better is one day.
I'm not here. 
Oh 
about you, Jesus. When it's all about you, Jesus. And I surrender. My dream, I'm laying 
that we're no longer because we're no longer a slave to fear because we are
give you all the glory. We'll give you started coming to a church like this those were the songs that they played and it's weird how over the years you know we, we, we come to this simple faith in Jesus we don't know everything we don't know everything about the Bible we don't know the difference between a Baptist church and this church and a Pentecostal church and a fourth we, we don't know none of those things and it's just a simple faith in the Son of God, the one who saved us, the one who died for us, the one who lives today to make intercession for us, the one that we can go to and pray to anytime we need help in trouble. Just that simple childlike faith. And I don't know, somehow things just start getting complicated and, and it becomes about uh, this theology and and building programs and who goes to what church and who goes to this church and membership classes and all this stuff but can we just come back to Jesus just come back to Jesus come back to Jesus Lord we worship you for who you are we worship you because you are worthy of our praises Lord we thank you this morning for the saints that have gathered and this simple reminder for us to not allow things to get cluttered and, and to keep the main thing the main thing Lord we're sorry for when we got off track or we, we, we made it about something other some kind of church thing or some kind of political thing or whatever. Lord, Lord we're, we're sorry that we made it about that, Lord. But we are getting back on track with this message. Lord, we thank you for your love. That right now, Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus just for a fresh baptism of your love. 
to just come upon this congregation right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 I believe that right now there's somebody in here. You have a you have back pain. Jesus is touching you right now and healing that back pain. You can feel it. You can feel it right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Won't you just join me in just thanking Him? Just right now, just let's be grateful. This isn't a time to just, I'm not asking for anything. I don't need anything. I just want you, Jesus. I just want you, Lord. I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you would even care about me, that you would track me down, that you would put up with the my mistakes and the times I get in my flesh the times that I run away the times that I want to quit but you won't quit on me thank you Jesus thank you Lord hallelujah Lord I just pray you would just breathe just breathe on this place just breathe, just dead bones coming to life right now. Bring the dead bones to life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Jesus. 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 want to stay in this place for about one more minute. Just one more minute. Thank you, Lord. Fill us.
give you all the glory and we'll give you feel like I hear the, the Spirit saying that He's bringing a pure river to His church. There's a purity that, that, that's going to flow out from the throne room. and He says, too long my people have been drinking from polluted rivers. But He's going to bring a river of purity that's going to flow. Everywhere where that river flows will bring life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for that pure river. Thank you for that pure love that doesn't have conditions. have our ushers make their way forward.
I would just ask you to pray about what you would, what the Lord would have you give. Just nothing more because you appreciate what he's done for you. Just nothing more that you want to see the kingdoms of this world becomes the kingdoms of our Christ. Giving from a pure heart. Just saying, you know, all that matters is what's going to happen in eternity. All that matters is your kingdom. And I want to see your kingdom come. I want to see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you would like to give electronically, there's text to give up on the, the screen. Also, uh, there's a QR code on your bulletins if you want to scan that, uh, if you prefer to give that way. Lord, we thank you for all that you've given us. Simple act of money could never pay it back. Lord, but as we sow, may this be just a, a simple sign, Lord, that we are grateful, that we acknowledge you as our provider. And may it be a simple sign that we are going to put your kingdom first. For your word says that if we put your kingdom first, then everything else we need will be added. So, Lord, I thank you for the generous givers, Lord, and I pray that you would just bless them according to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As the ushers make their way back, if we... Uh, we could go ahead and uh, teachers and nursery workers, if you want to make your way uh, to the rear, if you just want to stick out a hand to a kid that's running away, Lord, I pray that you bless every child in here. Lord, I thank you for the gift that we have. Lord, I pray that you would multiply it. I pray that you would bring more uh, young families in here, Lord. And I pray that you would bring more children in here, Lord. And I pray that you would anoint the teachers and nursery workers with the love of Christ. And I pray that these kids would be kids that would grow up loving you with all their being. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys ready for the word? Yes. What, what sweet worship. Amen. So hopefully you guys aren't too tired here for losing that hour of sleep. I, I hate losing the hour, but um, I'm hopeful because that means that spring is right around the corner. Amen. Amen. I mean, I, I know that it doesn't seem like doesn't feel like warm weather's here and and winter kind of wants to hold on a little bit more but we know that uh, pretty soon winter's just going to have to let go and and warmer weather and before we know it going to be shorts and t-shirts and I'm looking forward to that amen we made it through another winter uh, not much of a winter this year um, but I'm so happy that spring has finally sprung so we're in a message 
called Shadows of the Cross. Uh, we're preparing our hearts for uh, what we would call Holy Week, um, Good Friday, and of course Resurrection Sunday, kind of uh, for the church, right? That's our Super Bowl, uh, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, looking forward to that, celebrating the, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And throughout this series, uh, what I'm trying to show you is that, you know, this is one unified story and the whole story points to Jesus. And Jesus would tell the Pharisees, he's saying, you search the scriptures for eternal life, but the scriptures testify of me. So he's in every, every story, every word of this Bible points to Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at some of the, the shadows or the types, these things that uh, would uh, sort of show us what Jesus would come and what he would do. And through these Old Testament types and shadows, we're able to get a, a, a bigger picture and a bigger view of what Jesus has uh, did for us uh, on that old rugged cross. So, um, Lord, I just pray that you would add a blessing to your word. I pray that you would anoint me to teach and preach your word. Lord, we have no confidence in the flesh. Lord, so I, I need your Holy Spirit to help me today. Help me uh, teach and preach the words and the words that you would have me say. Lord, and I, I thank you that your words are life and your words are truth. And Lord, I pray that uh, the words would be sanctifying. Lord, I pray that the words would magnify your name. Lord, I pray that people would be set free in Jesus' name today. And we thank you. We give you honor and glory. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, uh, a few years ago, I was in worship like we were, and um, I, I was up front, and, you know, I have these moments where, you know, I just describe it, I say I'm caught up in the spirit. Like, my body's here, but I'm not really here. And I don't know if you guys have had that experience, but it's like, I'm here, my body's here, but, but I feel like, like I'm really, like I'm, I'm at the throne room, right? I'm, I'm in... I'm in the presence of the Lord and I'm just kind of just soaking in his presence and I had one of those times and I'm I'm sitting here and I'm worshiping and 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 it's just you know ju just feeling the presence of the Lord coming upon me and just kind of soaking in that and just kind of getting a download of his goodness um, inside of me and then all of a sudden it was like everything shifted and it was like in my mind started replaying a movie and it wasn't a good movie like it's not like you know like everybody says like with social media like you know you, you look at somebody's profile like you see all their home runs and all the awesome things that they do right but they don't you know they don't they, they don't post you know the bad things that happen you know they don't post the the messes that happen in their life you just kind of get their highlight reel well this was my highlight reel but not in a good way it was kind of all the bad stuff that I've ever done. Like it, it kind of was replaying, it was very vivid. It was from the time where I was little and, and, and you know, the stuff that it's just icky stuff that you're really not proud of, that you really don't talk about. You know, I can remember like, you know, just uh, thinking about like stealing money out of my parents' room and, and you know, and as I got older, right, and that was just when I was little, but then as I got older, 
the, the things kind of got worse and it got darker and I'm like, and I'm trying to shut my eyes and trying to get back into worship and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, why am I having all these, you know, is this like the devil getting in my mind? Like, what is this? And, and I just, I was like, Lord, why, why am I, why can't I get my mind off this, this, these scenes? And, and then I closed my eyes again and then all of a sudden it was like I was journeying through a tunnel and I, and I was going through a tunnel, and when I got to the end of the tunnel, there was a big cross, and the, and the cross was all lit up, and I, and I felt this voice speak in my spirit, I paid it all. I paid it all. And I got a revelation for the first time. I got a revelation of the cross that, to, to understand the goodness of God, to be forgiven of every sin, forgiven, to, to be loved by God in the same way that he loves the son to 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 be free from the curse to to carry the authority of God with me to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all powers of the enemy to know that I will never be alone that he will never leave me and he will never forsake me no matter where I go no matter how low or how high he will always be with me and that no matter what kind of trouble that I face that I can go into the throne room of grace to find help for my needs at that time just a vision of the cross a vision of the goodness of God the things that he's done in my life unmerited favor that I never deserved I didn't deserve to be forgiven I you know it's amazing to me that that I'm healthy that I'm that I'm not strung out on drugs that I'm not in jail that that I still have my family around me I mean it's nothing but the goodness of God and it's like you know it's like why does everybody not get this like what's wrong with you like you don't get it you don't get it about how good God is you don't understand the goodness of God and, and most of you in here you guys get it for the most part you know it you know what I'm talking about you feel it you know what it is to to live in in the goodness of God However, sometimes it's just hard to explain to people. They just don't get it. You're trying to explain to them and you're trying to give them the words and, and trying to tell them how God changed your life and how God can change their life and, and how they need to be forgiven and they need to be saved. And they're like, I need to be saved from what? I'm fine. No, you need to get saved. You need to be born again. What, what are you talking about? one of them born again weirdos they don't always get it you know and, and it's not always easy to explain spiritual things to the natural man it's hard it's hard to describe spiritual things and 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 put them in natural words I think that's why sometimes that you know people struggle with reading the book of revelations because you know he's seeing these spiritual things and these things happen in the spirit and, and he's trying to explain it in in natural words the, the things of the spirit can be can, can seem like foolishness to the natural man and you might be misunderstood by other people let me tell you something it's okay because Jesus was misunderstood as well as a matter of fact we're gonna start off today uh, it, it, in a conversation where 
Jesus meets uh, a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus and he's going to begin to have a conversation and this guy just isn't getting it. He's not getting it. So if you have your Bibles with you, go to John chapter 3. My message today is a simple title, Look at Me. That's what the message is, Look at Me. So John chapter 3 is where we're going to start. I'm going to go ahead and start at verse 1. If you're there, say amen. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So uh, this man was, uh, being a Pharisee, he would have been well educated in Judaism and he was a high ranking, it says he was a ruler of the Jews and the fact that he came to him by night is significant for two reasons. The first reason is because he saw that there was something special about Jesus, that there was something uh, that, was, that, that God was doing through him but he wasn't confident enough to go during the day because of what, you know, what, what the other Pharisees might think of him. But also this, this picture of day and night you know, it, it talks about that, that people who are unbelievers, that they're clouded in darkness or they're blinded or they, they, they can't see. So he, he comes to him and he's in darkness and he's trying to understand what Jesus is all about, what he's doing, the, the miracles that he's seeing, the way he's talking. It's like nothing he's ever seen before, but he just doesn't know. It's just, just hard for him to believe. Verse 3 Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? So again, Jesus is trying to give him a spiritual truth, but he's thinking as a natural man. How is it possible that I can be born again like I was born once and, and I think that was a big enough miracle in itself. Now as a grown man, I don't see how that's going to happen again. Jesus just keeps going. Jesus answered, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? And the, the main problem with what Nicodemus is, is trying to talk to Jesus about is he's kind of in this place of what do I need to do? What are the things that I need to do to, to understand the kingdom of God? And, and, and he's making it about his works. And Jesus is saying it's not about doing something, it's about being something. 
It's about being born again of the Spirit. This isn't something that you can do inside of yourself. This is something that takes a supernatural work of God. It's not about what you're going to do. And, you know, that branch of uh, a Judaism, they were all about works. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And that's the message of religion. But how many know that, that Jesus didn't come to to start a religion he came to build a family and there's one way that you enter in that family and that's a supernatural work of God called being born again being born of the spirit and you're born into this family of Jesus verse 10 Jesus answered him and said to him are you a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So at this point, Jesus is giving him pictures and he, he's trying to explain to him the best he can about the work of the Spirit and, and what this whole concept of being born again. It's actually a reversal of what happened in Eden when man spiritually died at that moment. Now through Christ we become spiritually alive. And, and, and he's, he's, giving, um, he's giving him these, these word pictures but, but now he's not going to be vague anymore and now he's going to switch and begin to tell Nicodemus about who he truly is. Verse 13, no one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven that is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Such a beautiful passage. Of course, John 3.16, a uh, passage probably most of us know by heart. Um, and, but I really want us to hone on verse 14. That's where I want to, uh, us really to hone on because um, this is, is where the shadow of the cross is. And that's kind of the message we're doing, or the series is, is the shadows of the cross. And in, in verse 14, he would really tell Nicodemus, how this whole thing was going to happen, how people were going to be born again. And, and it's in this verse 14. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And, and Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, a well-studied, well-educated, high-ranking Jewish leader, um, he, he, he would have no doubt the story that that Jesus was referring to. He would have known it, maybe would have memorized it by oral tradition, but Jesus' identification with a serpent probably was a little confusing. And it's probably a little confusing uh, for us, but, but, but in the picture of uh, the serpent uh, being lifted up in the wilderness, we have this shadow of the cross and we have a key to understand what the cross is all about and so I want to plunge a little bit deeper is that okay with you guys to go a little bit deeper we're gonna go a little bit deeper 
um, in this, and we're going to go to the book of Numbers to actually read this story, and we're going to rewind, we're going to go back, back in the day, way back, we're going to go, uh, Jesus, the, the story that we were reading where Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, that was probably like 31 AD, but we're going to go back to about 1300 years before the, the birth of Christ to understand this, this mystery of the serpent in the wilderness. So go to Numbers 21, Numbers 21 will be uh, one of the first five books of your Bible. And we're going to begin at verse 4. And it's just a, a short passage. And the passage kind of stands by itself. If you're there, say amen. If you're just good with me putting it on the screen, say amen. <laughs> Numbers 21. So we're, we're kind of journeying back to a different place. The, the Israelites have been led out of slavery in Egypt. They're in the wilderness. They've been in the wilderness for close to 40 years. They're coming to the end of the wilderness journey. It's been quite a journey, a difficult journey. Uh, lots of crazy things happening. And this, it's going to continue. Numbers 21, verse 4. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of people became very discouraged on the way. Another translation says impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no food and there is no water and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So you have the people who are supposed to be the people of God, the people that, that, that God brought out with mighty signs, wonders and miracles and they're in the wilderness and they've saw God's provision again and again, but they get impatient. They get in the flesh they get discouraged they, they they start complaining they start being disrespectful to uh, their leader and i can tell you there, there's a couple of things that god doesn't like god does not like a complainer god doesn't like a complainer he call, in, in the bible it calls it grumbling he doesn't like people who complain all the time. You can see it again and again where God speaks in the Old Testament against the grumbling of the people, the grumbler, the complainer. He doesn't like when people disrespect the leadership that he set in. And he definitely doesn't like when God, when, when, when his people doubt his plans for them and therefore doubt him. They get impatient. Things aren't happening quick enough and and even though God is providing them with manna literally bread from heaven coming down they're like we're sick of eating this same stuff just grumbling complaining I think God's just sick of it and it brings the wrath of God upon them it brings the wrath of God upon them verse 6 the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people 
and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. So fiery serpents, I mean, it's like all of a sudden they, they see these, these fiery serpents just come and they just, they just begin attacking the people. The complainers, the grumblers, the, the ones that are disrespecting God, automatically judgment falls on them. And these serpents just began biting them and people were dying. Verse 7, therefore the people came to Moses and say, we have sinned. For we've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he takes away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And in the midst of everything that Moses went through, and in the midst of uh, all the, the things that happened, and, and despite the fact that the people were disrespecting God and, and, and disrespecting him, every time the people asked Moses to intercede and pray for them, guess what? Moses prays. Moses prays. That's his heart to intercede. May we have a heart like Moses and not give up on people. Even when they grumble and complain and even when they lose faith. Maybe we can be like Moses and have that patience and that humility and say, you know what? Yeah, you're wrong, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. And Moses prays for them. Verse 8, the Lord says to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and he put it on a pole. And so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So God's a commandment to Moses is kind of strange. Make, make a serpent that looks like the serpent that is biting, the same thing that's afflicting the people. Put it up on a pole, raise it up on a pole, and the people that were dying just look at it. And if they look at it, then they'll be healed. They'll, they'll live. And then if we, if we tie this into the passage that we read... Jesus talks about that, that just as Moses lifted up the, the, the serpent in the wilderness, that, that, that he would be lifted up. So it was Jesus himself that, that said that this, this serpent on a pole was, was a type of what would happen to him on the cross. So, so how was it a, a, a shadow? How was it a type of the cross, right? The, the, the people are bit, they're dying, the poison is killing them. You and I have an evil inside of us called sin that is killing us. For those of you who were here last week when we talked about the, the fall of man and, and how evil got into mankind and, and it brought death with it. Just as they had poison in them that was killing them, we have a poison that is inside of us that is called sin. And the people were under the judgment of God for their sin and their disrespect. And their judgment was fiery serpents. And, and when they looked at, at, the, at, the, at the serpent on the pole, their judgment ceased. And the Bible says that before we came to Christ, that we were too 
under judgment for our sin. As a matter of fact, in the book of Ephesians, it said that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. However, through the cross of Christ, God's righteous judgment is satisfied. And when we look at the cross, we too will live. And the serpent on the pole was raised high for all to see. And Christ was crucified publicly, raised high on the cross for all to see. But the question is, why a serpent? Is not a serpent in the Bible like along comes the serpent, right? That's supposed to be a symbol of evil. So how could a serpent on a pole represent our Savior on a cross? I think if you truly understand what, what happened on the cross, then you'll understand exactly what happened. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. At the cross, he became sin and takes our sin upon himself. What sin? All sin. Every sin. Every sin you committed, word, thought, and deed, he became, he who knew no sin became sin on that cross. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree and, and if you could get this that that everything on the cross was reversed that that the righteous dies for the unrighteous the good dies for the evil he became sin so that you and I might be forgiven he became cursed so you and I might be called blessed and and the curse of the law was this the curse of the law was that in order to get the blessings of God, you had to keep all of the law. You had to keep every point of the law so that you might get the blessings of God. And man in his own flesh, in his own ability, had no ability to do that. So we live under a curse, but because Jesus became sin and took the penalty of sin upon himself, we become the righteousness of Christ. So we go from being cursed to being blessed because we're not under the law anymore. We are under grace. And so we, the curse is reversed and we become under a blessing. We live under a blessing. We are a blessed people. What is that blessing? That blessing is, is many things. Number one, eternal life. 
no fear in death. And also it says that, that you will be the head and you will, and never the tail, that you will be above and you will never be beneath, that you will be a lender and never be a borrower, that the work of your hands will be blessed, that your family will be blessed, that your enemies will be defeated and scattered, that you're gonna get houses you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant and all the people that see you will know that you are blessed by God and God's blessing is on you. It's simply amazing. It's simply amazing that, that, that whatever you are dealing with in your life, whatever the struggles that you are, that you have in your life, that you can bring them to Jesus, that you can, you can admit that, that the thing that you have, that, that you need to get rid of this, that, that you can re, that when you come to Christ, you can come just as you are, and you can say, look, this is how I am, and know that on the cross of Christ, that it all was forgiven, that every, every sin was forgiven, every curse was broken, every addiction was broken, that everything was done on the cross. Do you, do, do you suffer with addiction? Look at the cross. Do you suffer with lust? Look at the cross. Do you suffer with sickness and disease? Look at the cross. Do you suffer with anger and rage? Look at the cross. Do you have fear? Do you have anxiety? Do you have insecurity? Look at the cross. Do you have generations of dysfunction in your family? Look at the cross. All of that he took upon himself so that you might be healed. The great exchange. He is our sin bearer. And because he carries them, you don't have to carry it anymore. You don't have to carry your shame or your guilt anymore. You don't have to carry your sickness and disease anymore. He carried it upon himself. He has borne our griefs. He has borne our sicknesses. He has borne our weaknesses and our distresses. He carried our sorrows and our pains. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. And by his stripes, we were healed. We were healed. Just look to Jesus. Just look at him. It's not something you do. Religion has one answer. Try harder. Do better. Work more. Pray harder, read Bible more, try harder, go to church more. But you gotta look at him. You gotta look at him. Behold, look at him. Look at the cross. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Are you able to face the things that afflict you? Do you wanna be made whole? Look to Jesus. You don't have to hide it anymore. You don't have to, to wear your mask anymore. Do you know that Jesus died so that you might be healed? It's hard to admit what we truly struggle with, but when you're able to bring it to Jesus and look upon the cross, you know that you can be set free. It's hard to picture Jesus on the cross, dying, bruised, beaten, suffering, sweating, being
being mocked, the evilness of it, he became sin because that's exactly what sin is in the eyes of God. But he took it all upon himself so that you could look at him and that you could be set free. It was hard for me to have a vision of some of the things I did in my life, some of the things that I just am ashamed about. But what a blessing that I know that Jesus set me free from every single one of them, that I don't have to, I don't have to be ashamed of the things I've done, the places I, 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 I went to, the embarrassing things that I did, times I compromised who I was. Jesus paid it all. Paid in full. Paid in full. It is finished. It is finished. You don't need to carry it with you anymore. It's hard to face the man that I used to be sometimes and I think about it. As a matter of fact, it was hard for me to accept the fact that I would pastor in my own hometown because I knew that I couldn't hide my secrets. I couldn't go to another town and, and act like, you know, that, you know, my mom birthed me on an altar and I never sinned and I never did anything wrong, right? I was, I was exposed. But what a blessing it is to know that Jesus set me free and he gave me a new life. He gave me a new mind, a new will, a new heart. He accepts me as I am. He loves me as he loves his very own son. And that I can walk in freedom. And I became a new person the day that I was born again. I left the, the past in the past. I left the old things, my sin, shame, and guilt. They were placed on that cross and they were buried in that tomb. And the old man was crucified with Christ. And as Christ rose to new life, I rose to new life. Victorious. Victorious. I have one short story and, and I'll close with this. One of the most influential preachers to ever live was a guy by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. His sermons and books are still widely read by uh, many pastors and many Christians in general. When he was uh, this preacher in England, he pastored this church called Metropolitan Tabernacle and, and uh, you know, it was just a huge church, kind of a, a, a mega church of that day, seated 5,000 people. And um, as a young man, he, he studied theology. He was brought up in the church, and, and he studied a lot of theology, but he just didn't believe. He just struggled with the idea of belief. He wanted to believe, but he just couldn't get there. He didn't truly believe. And he tells his story of conversion and he talks about that one Sunday he was on his way to church and and England uh, at that time got a really bad snowstorm and it was it was an unusually bad snowstorm he said that he never remembered a snowstorm before that or or after that and he was he, he was trying to go to church and and he knew he wasn't going to make it to his church and he kind of turned a corner and and he saw a small primitive Methodist church and he said well maybe I'll just go there to church today because I'm not 
going to be able to make it in this snowstorm. And he said he got in there and in this little primitive Methodist church and he said there was maybe a dozen, maybe 15 people in there. The pastor didn't even show up for church that day. Uh, he just assumed that, uh, that, that maybe the pastor was snowed in and couldn't, couldn't get out of his house. And, and there was a, just a, a layman that was, that was there and, and they had a text that they would read that was already set up. And, and they said that this guy was like a, a shoemaker or a tailor or, or something of that sort. And, and because the pastor wasn't there, he got behind the pulpit and, and he, he had to stick to his text because he really had nothing else. He didn't know he was going to preach and the pastor didn't show up. And, and he wasn't a super educated man in a seminary or anything. He just got behind the pulpit and he read a, a simple verse of scripture. It was Isaiah 45, 22. It said, look unto me and be saved. All the ends of the earth. And... Charles Spurgeon said he didn't even pronounce the words right, but it didn't really matter. And he began his message and he said this, he said, My dear friends, this is a very simple text indeed. It just says, look. Now that doesn't take a great deal of effort. It's not lifting your foot or your finger, it's just look. A man doesn't need to go to college to learn how to look. And you may be the biggest fool, but you can still look. A man not need to be worth a thousand dollars a year to, to look. Anyone can look. A child can look. But this is what the text says. It says, look unto me. And he said, many of you are looking to yourselves. There's no use looking there. You'll never find comfort in yourselves. And then the good man followed his text up in this way. He said, look at me. I'm sweating great drops of blood. Look unto me. I'm hanging on a cross. Look unto me. I'm dead and I'm buried. Look unto me. I rise again. Look unto me. I ascend. I'm sitting at the Father's right hand. Oh, look to me. Look to me. And then when he got to that length it said that it was about 10 minutes and that was about all this uh, shoemaker had and, and he looked out at his small congregation and and he said that uh, he looked at Charles Spurgeon and, and and with that few of people he knew who was a stranger and that Charles Spurgeon was a visitor and not a regular in church and he said, the man just turned to him and he looked at him and he said, sir, you look very miserable. And he said he was miserable, but he wasn't used to somebody calling him out from the pulpit in the middle of a sermon. <laughs> but nevertheless, it, it accomplished what it was supposed to do and it got his attention. And the man continued and he said, you will always be miserable. Miserable in life and miserable in death if you do not obey my text. But if you obey right now in this moment, you'll be saved. And then he shouted, young man, look to Jesus Christ. Right there, Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, 
the cloud of darkness was gone, the unbelief was gone, and that moment he was born again and he was saved. What about you? Where are you at with the Lord today? Have you looked to Jesus? Or, or have you just been coming to church and, and you're still carrying all this guilt? You're still carrying all this shame and you, you're, you're so insecure that you're still trying to do it all yourself. You're still under the weight of religion and you're not really looking to Jesus. You haven't found the freedom that's in Jesus. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you know religion. Maybe you've been trying to clean yourself up. I, I don't want to close this service without giving you the opportunity. As the man said, you don't need to make a million dollars a year. You don't need to know every word of the Bible. All you need to know is simply this, that you're a sinner, but there's a Savior. And He died in your place for your sins. And if you look to Him today, if you look to Him today, then you will be saved. And He'll send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And that's what gives you the power to change. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I just want to give you that chance before we close. And you can do that today. You just need to slip a hand up. Say, today I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. If there's anybody here, before we close, very quickly going to wrap up. I just want to give you that invitation. And there's going to be one more thing that I want you to ponder. You're only as sick as your secrets. And, and, and although you, you give your life to Christ and, and, and you're forgiven and you're, you're, you're ready to go to heaven... Your, your process of being made whole takes a lifetime. And sometimes there's just these things that we tuck away that we don't want to admit that they're there. And, and just as they had to face the, the serpent, they had to look at the serpent, they had to say, you know what, it's my sin, it's my rebellion. The things that were afflicting them, the serpents, they had to look at the serpent, the very thing that is afflicting them, they had to look at and they had to face it. Some of us have some things that we need to face. That it's not somebody else's fault, that it's not something that that happened to us that it's our own fault that it's our own sin they they had to face the fact that it was their rebellion against god it was their mistake it was their grumbling it was their sidestepping that 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 brought the judgment of god upon them and if we will just be strong enough to go into the darkness and just face it then we can be healed from it we can be healed from it. So we're going to sing a final worship song. And I'm not going to bring you up here. And I'm not going to put a microphone in front of your face. And ask you what your struggle is. But I just want to encourage you. If that's you today. And, and there's something that you just know. That you know what. I need to face this. I need to deal with this once and for all. 
and I need to look to Jesus with it. And I need to admit it to Jesus. And I need to accept the healing that he has in my life. And if you want to do that, you can just make your way forward today just kind of as a sign that, you know what, you're going you're gonna to take a step into that darkness and you're going to take a step and you're going to face that thing that, that is keeping you sick, that thing that is keeping you in a defeated place. Because he's searching for pure hearts, pure worshipers. And you can be free today. You can leave here free you can leave here cleansed, and it's up to you. Father, I thank you. Thank you that you gave your son. That he who knew no sin would become sin. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray for any of my brothers and sisters in here that are still carrying the weight that Jesus already carried. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to face those things, to look them right in the eye, to admit what's going on and allow Jesus to heal. Holy Spirit, come and heal. Come and heal. Come and heal your people. Set us free, Lord. May none of us live, uh, continue to live in bondage or live in captive to anything. If we could just all stand up, we're going to worship. If, if you want to make your way to the front while they're worshiping, you can. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus, Jesus. I want to be made new. I want to be made whole. Yes. I want to be made new. Yes. I want to be made whole. I want to be made whole. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free when we can walk in truth we can be free when we can walk in truth we can be free God already knows he's just saying look at me look at me Just getting started when I hit a wall, you just walk through. When I face a mountain, you are the maker, so it's gotta move. When I'm out of faith, you are still faithful. When I'm at my worst, you are still good. All of my questions, you are the answer. It all points to you. Because you're the God. 
Cause you're the God of the breakthrough When I'm breaking down You'll be working a way through When there's no way out This one thing I know You're still on your throne So whatever I'm feeling I still got a reason to praise, praise, praise. I still got a reason to praise, praise, praise. Out of our wrongs, you write our story. Out of the cross come rivers of grace. Out of the grave burst of revival. No tomb can contain. Cause you're the God of the breakthrough. When I'm breaking down, you'll be working a way through. When there's no way out, this one thing I know. You're still on your throne, so whatever I'm feeling, I still got a reason. You're the God of the breakthrough. When I'm breaking down, you'll be working away through. When there's no way out, this one thing I know, you're still on your throne, so whatever I'm feeling. I still got a reason to praise, praise, praise. I still got a reason to praise, praise, praise. I still got it. Chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, His ransom me. His How precious. 
precious is that grace of the eye I first believe my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, His ransom me in light of blood. His mercy reigns.
Just a reminder, we have our spaghetti dinner downstairs, our fundraiser. You guys want to go grab a plate? That would be great. Right downstairs in the hall. I'm going to continue to worship. Thank you, guys. He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so so amazing, Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed
Praise, 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 
to praise, praise, praise. I still got a reason to Jesus has changed my life.
Jesus has changed my life. His name be lifted high. This holy fire's burn inside of me. I cannot keep it quiet. Cause this holy fire's burn inside of me. Jesus has changed my life. His name be lifted high. This holy fire's burn inside of me. I cannot hold it inside. I cannot keep it quiet. This holy fire's burn inside of me. Shout it from the roof. 